0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Girly Homesteader Podcast. So today is going to be a pretty darn jam-packed episode. Um, Today I'm going to be doing an overview of 2023 as a whole. Um, 2023 was the second year that I quote-unquote like considered ourselves real homesteaders. And so like a lot of things did go wrong, but a lot of things did go well. And so I want to do a recap of the entire year. And then today I'm also going to be giving you, I guess, my plan uh, for 2024 in our garden specifically. So stay tuned. It's going to be jam packed. Hello and welcome to season three of the Girly Homesteader podcast, the show that's definitely not your typical homesteading podcast. I'm your host, Laura, a girly homesteader living in Xenia, Ohio, with my husband, chickens, bees, and garden. On this weekly show, we'll cover the typical stuff, like gardening and chicken lady life, but we also go beyond the farm and talk about things like goal setting, makeup, planners, skincare, and staying in tune with nature's seasons. I've considered myself a homesteader for the past three years now. And in 2024, I'm hoping to hone the skills I've learned and continue to share those experiences with you. So welcome to this girlier side of homesteading where we can grow and flourish together. All right, so first of all, I want to do a quick introduction in case you are new to my podcast. So this is the Girly Homesteader podcast, and my name is Laura, and I am the Girly Homesteader. I live in Xenia, Ohio. We are in Zone 6A, and I live with my husband on seven acres, and we have 15 chickens, and we have three beehives and a 200-square-foot garden. Um, The reason I go into those specifics is because last year in 2023, that was like the second year that I considered ourselves true homesteaders, and the reason is because we grew a lot of food. Well, we tried to, and in that first year, we were learning a lot. Last year, we learned a lot as well. (laughs) Um... I, If you listen to previous episodes of this podcast, um, you'll know that I thought 2023 was kind of a shitty year in terms of the garden. And although it was, when I was preparing for today's episode, I did make a list of the good things and the bad things that did happen. And actually, my good list was longer. So I think I was just giving myself crap. So anyways, this is the Girly Homesteader podcast, and the reason that is, is because even though... I have chickens, and I like to grow my own food, and I like to bake my own bread, and I love, you know, gardening, and I just, I love all of that stuff. I still am the girl who puts makeup on every single day because it just makes me happy. Um, I do also work outside of the home and I don't stay at home and do only quote-unquote these things every day. I have a lot of different jobs and so my life is definitely not the typical quote-unquote homestead crunchy life. And so this podcast is meant to be a place where I can talk about my journey and also talk about the things that I enjoy outside of homesteading, like planners, like makeup, like skincare, all of that. So that is the point of this podcast and so welcome if you are new here again my name is laura and today as i said in the intro is going to be a very big episode because i am doing an overview of the year 2023 which again was that second year that i considered ourselves true homesteaders and then i'm gonna take a break in the middle and then when i get back i'm gonna do my plan for the year 2024 now last episode, I did kind of talk about overarching goals for the year 2024. So today I'm going to be getting specifically into garden things. I did talk a little bit about that last week. So do tune into that episode. But today I'm specifically talking about the garden because that is the place where I needed to improve the most. So first of all, let's go into the overview oh gosh the first thing that i wrote down on my list is that in 2023 we had healthy chickens all year uh 2022 gosh (laughs) that first year considering ourselves homesteaders uh we had a lot of chicken losses some were from predators and some were from just weird sicknesses that we really had no idea what was going on um I think in 2022, we probably lost five chickens, and we ended the year um, on Thanksgiving Day of 2022. We lost two to predators, and it was just rough. And so my goal was to make it a year, all of 2023, without having any casualties. And thankfully, we did achieve that, but I do have really bad news. Um, Last week, I was on a trip to Florida without my husband. It was just me and my mother-in-law. And so my husband, he was home taking care of the chickens on his own. And um, this is not his fault at all. But all I'm saying is that because of us, because both of us, we do work outside of the home. He works outside the home all the time. He wasn't home to really observe the chickens during daylight because, of course, it's January. The sun doesn't rise until, like, late, and it sets early. So he leaves in the dark and comes home in the dark. I do that some days, but at least I have more time than he does to be able to watch and observe our chickens. Well, I left for this trip on a Thursday, and then on Saturday morning, I get a text from my husband saying that we have a sick chicken. And I felt so, so bad. It was one of our newest chickens, and... um she seemed to have sour crop, which is something that we have dealt with before. We've fixed it and it's been fine. So I honestly wasn't worried about it at all. But I have a hunch that this chicken probably got sour crop way earlier, but we just didn't catch it because we were gone and unable to see them really because of the, again, short daylight hours in January. So unfortunately, by the end of Saturday, this chicken did pass away. Um... We did all of the things that we had done before with our chickens who have had sour crap, but again, I just don't think it was enough, uh, early enough. And so that chicken passed away. And so that sucks. It put a big damper, honestly, on the beginning of 2024, especially because I wasn't home here to at least say goodbye to this chicken. Uh, she wasn't even a year old, which is very sad. She was laying eggs for us, and she was a relatively sweet chicken. And so, it just sucks. So, we are now currently down to 15 chickens. So, at least in 2023, we had a great year for chickens. Um, In 2024, I uh, I hope that this isn't like a omen for the rest of the year. I really hope not. Um, but so far... I think that, I don't know, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I, I need to focus on 2023. That's the point of this section of the podcast. Um, 2023 was a good year for chickens. Um, in terms of other animals, we did have some good and bad things in terms of pests in the garden. In 2023, I was very uh, good about doing applications of beneficial nematodes to kill off the flea beetles that we had in our garden. I did two applications last year, one in spring and then one kind of mid-summer. And I will say we had so many less flea beetles this year. And so that was a success. That will be something that I will continue into 2024, but I'll get to that later. The other thing that we had a lot less damage from were cabbage moths. And I know the cabbage moths are something that a lot of people battle. I battled them a ton in 2022. And the way that we got around it was spraying BT, which is an organic spray that is really just a bacteria that kills the caterpillars of the cabbage moths and that really worked. Um, I did have to be very diligent about it. I wrote it down in my planner every other week. I will go out and spray, but I will say that we really did not have much cabbage moth damage. Did I see the caterpillars? Yes, I did, but um, I was able to prevent them from eating my plants way, like, so much so because of that BT. Now, the... (laughs) the pest problems that we did have, which is a bad thing in 2023, was that we had major issues with slugs. And so the slugs were super, super prevalent in the spring. My hunch here is that it's because I let my garden rest with shredded leaves over winter. I have a feeling that that was just the perfect place for the slugs to hide out over winter. And then in spring, they were there and they were ready to eat and my plants were there for them. So what I did discover last year um, was using a special type of slug bait that is an organic compound, and that did seem to work. Um, So in 2023, I definitely didn't use enough of it, and I wasn't prepared for it enough, Um, but hopefully in 2024, I will be. Another pest that we discovered in 2023 were aphids. I never really had this issue in 2022, but goodness gracious, my fall crops Uh, Last year in 2023, they were so riddled of aphids, specifically my broccoli, like to the point where I would harvest my broccoli outside, I didn't really see any bugs on there, and I thought it was fine, and I would put them in the fridge in a container, and then when I would go to use it, I would see aphids crawling all over the broccoli, and it just grossed me out so much that I gave them to the chickens because there was no way in the world (laughs) that I was going to try and get all those aphids off. It was disgusting. So that was a major issue that we had this year. And then another thing that or another pest I think that we had, which I didn't realize until much later after talking to a local farmer, were cucumber beetles. Um, apparently they hide very well and they're hard to see, but my cucumbers did what hers did. Uh, They seemed like they were fine when I transplanted them, and the next thing you know, they looked like they had been, you like never watered their entire life, and they just shriveled up and died. So cat, or I'm sorry, cucumber beetles and aphids and slugs, those are the things that were less than stellar in 2023. Um, Let's go to some good things that did happen in 2023. Um, We were able to get baby greens all season. Yes, even through the summer months. And so that is a big deal for us. Um, If you have listened to other episodes of my podcast before, you know that my husband and I love salad. That is the thing that like we cannot live without throughout the entire year. And so trying to grow baby greens during summertime here in Ohio, it can be hard. Um, Not that we get like super, super hot into the hundreds routinely like other places in the southern U.S., but it still does get pretty darn hot and greens will bolt during the summertime here. But I had great success with using shade cloth, Um, like to the point where we had baby greens and delicious salads all throughout summer. Um, last year actually I even grew head lettuce on purpose because I started to understand the point of growing head lettuce because like in my opinion if I'm at the grocery store and I'm gonna buy something for a salad if I see a head of lettuce or if I see baby greens I'm gonna buy the baby greens because I think they taste better and they're also just easier to use because you don't have to wash you know the head lettuce I just think that's annoying so Last year, in 2023, I grew head lettuces just for the reason of having lettuce during summer. Uh, Because in 2022, I discovered that, well, at least that year, it was hard for me to have baby greens during summertime. But by growing head lettuces, I was able to get a mature lettuce that I could make a salad from without it bolting. And I did that in 2023, I grew head lettuces specifically for summertime just as a backup but I honestly didn't really end up needing them. So that was a huge success in 2023. That was one of my big goals for the year actually. And I'm happy to say that we completed it. And then the wonderful thing too, is that I was actually harvesting greens even into December of 2023. And I actually had a little itty bitty harvest um, at the very beginning of January. Um, Right now though, when I'm recording this episode, it is like five degrees outside. It is very, very cold. And um, The garden is definitely toast, but I am happy to say that for most of 2023, I was able to grow baby greens. Um, Another cool thing that we did in 23 was we made maple syrup to last a whole year. Um, February is coming quick. That is the month where we start tapping our maple trees here in Ohio um, because we are just about out of maple syrup. But the cool thing is that we made enough for an entire year. We didn't have to buy any maple syrup and we were even able to share some with our family members and I've been able to use it um, in cocktails and baking. It's been really fun to have that um another success from 2023 is that we harvested 2 deer. And that's fantastic. <laughs> um I harvested one, my husband harvested another. We process both on our own. This is nothing new for us. Um so if you're listening to my podcast for the first time, yes, my husband and I we both hunt and we process our deer ourselves. The reason we do that is because we honestly just don't trust the processors around here. And we'd like to have total control of the meat. So because of that, gosh, I have like 60 plus pounds of ground venison in the deep freezer right now. And that is an amazing feeling to have all of that. We actually had some last night. And I will say ground venison, if you know how to do it well, um, it is something that I crave. And it is just fantastic. Um, another great thing from 2023 is that I dried a lot of herbs. So in 2022, I highly underestimated how much I use dried herbs. And so I was focusing on just fresh preserving, or I'm sorry, like fresh use, and then also freezing my herbs. And that proved to be not that useful for me, actually. Um, In my freezer, I actually still have basil that is frozen in olive oil from 2022 that I still have not used. Um, so in 2023, I shifted my focus to doing a lot more drying of herbs and those have become way more useful than the frozen herbs that I have in my freezer. Um, more preservation, good things that happened, were that I did can some pizza sauce. Um, for us, pizza night is like, I, it's <laughs> it has to happen every week. It is a ritual and it's just like, kind of the best night of the week here in our house. Um, I make my own sourdough pizza crust. We have a salad from the garden. And I wanted to get to the point where I would be able to use home canned pizza sauce. And I'm going to get to this when I talk about more of the bad things that happened in 2023. But our tomato production was just absolute crap. And so I... (laughs) even with the Roma tomatoes that I harvested from my plants, I had to add some other canned tomatoes to that. And I only got five pints of sauce. And really, that's only going to make 15 pizzas. And so if we eat 52 pizzas in a year, I am very, very far off (laughs) from having enough pizza sauce. But I guess you know, I at least did can some pizza sauce and it turned out delicious. So I'm excited to hopefully grow more tomatoes this year so I can make more sauce. But hey, at least I got some done. The other thing that happened in 2023 is I learned my preferred preservation methods for things. Like I mentioned with those herbs, instead of freezing herbs, I discovered that some of them are best dried. Now, not all of them though. Um, This is something that I will get at In my 2024 plan, but I've discovered that some herbs freeze really, really well, and some are dry very, very well. So I'll get to that more after the break, but more of some of the good things that happened in 2023. Um, we had a great garlic harvest this year. Um, 2023 was the first year where I bought seed garlic and planted a bunch. I planted like 60 cloves of garlic at the end of 2022, and we had pretty much awesome production in 2023. Now, I did discover that here in my climate, um, the chestnock red garlic, it really didn't do that well, and so I chose not to plant that. Um, for this year, this season. And so the two varieties that I have growing outside right now are Music and German Extra Hardy. Those gave me my biggest bulbs, biggest clothes. They were great. And so I'm very hopeful that 2024 will be another good garlic year. Then the last thing on the good column <laughs> that I want to mention for 2023 is that we finally made our first successful honeybee split. So we are beekeepers. Uh, We came out of the winter of 2023 uh, having lost a hive. Um, We only had one hive left, and that was pretty sad. But the good news is that in 2023, that hive was super, super healthy. That did survive our winter. Um, So we split it, and we finally got our first successful split. We have been beekeepers for at least like five years now. And we had tried every year to make a split from our existing hives, and it never ended up working, and we would have to combine those two halves back together. So we didn't lose bees, really, when we tried to make these splits, but we just never truly got two queens out of it. But this year, we finally did. Um, We also, another cool thing that we did is we successfully caught a swarm on our property, and we were able to transfer that into another hive. And so that is how we have three hives currently. So... All in all, 2023 was a decent year. Um, I achieved a lot of things in terms of knowledge. (laughs) Because I guess like, I don't know, I'm really hoping that this part of the episode is not coming off as me bragging. um, Because believe me, I have a lot of bad things that happen too. Um, But like, even if your bad things really, really suck, at least what you can get out of it is knowledge, okay? Okay. Um, Because, like, in 2022, when I mentioned that all of the herbs that I preserved down in olive oil in my freezer, how I, like, barely use them, hey, they're still good. They're still in my freezer, so it's not like they were wasted. Um, But I did learn why it's so important for me specifically to dry herbs. Like, I just, I learned. And so with all of the poor uh, food production that we had, which is, like, the main bad thing of 2023, I did learn a lot about soil, and I learned a lot also about the kind of gardener I am. So um, let's get right into those things. So some of the bad stuff I already mentioned, we had major slug problems, we had aphids in the fall, and then we also had cucumber beetles. So we had some pest issues, definitely. But then some of the other bad things were that I discovered that my soil had a very, very high pH, and then it had very low nitrogen availability. Um, I've been using Soil Kit as the way to test and monitor my soil. And I did my first soil test probably in June, I would say, of 2023. And that is when I discovered our extremely high soil pH. Um, the reason that I was thinking that something was wrong with our soil is because all of my fall transplants, I put them into the ground. They looked great. They were doing you know, fine. They didn't seem to have too much transplant shock, but then they just kind of petered out and like barely grew. And so after doing this soil test, um, I discovered that my pH was like at 7.2, 7.5, even in some places. And when your soil has that high of a pH, what happens is the nutrients that are in your soil, they can't be taken up by the plants. That big pH difference it just, it stunts the plants in a way because your plants want the soil to be slightly acidic at around 6.2 or 6.5. So I had a point or even higher off in my pH. And although that doesn't sound like a lot, considering that the pH scale goes from one to 14, it does make a big difference in plants. And so that was hard. Um, the other thing that I was battling in terms of my soil was the nitrogen availability. So at the end of 2022, or maybe it was like the very, very beginning of 2023, I decided to work in chicken poop and wood chips into my soil to try and break up some of the clay that is in there. And although it seemed like a great idea, it wasn't. (laughs) All of those pine shavings from my chicken bedding and all of the wood chips, what happened is that they were decomposing in my soil and to break down all of the carbon that is in your or in the wood chips and the pine shavings it takes a lot of nitrogen. So, those wood chips and the pine shavings, they sucked up all of that nitrogen from my soil, used it to break down, and then my plants didn't have any nitrogen. So, I was battling terrible soil during all of 2023. And so that is why I had terrible Uh, Production from my cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers, beans, cabbages, carrots, onions basically everything (laughs) except for greens. Um, I didn't get a full head of cabbage like I was hoping to. I barely got kohlrabi. I barely got green onions. Uh, Green onions were another thing that I grew very, very well in 2022, but this year they sucked. And so it's because I just had such poor soil quality. And so you just, you learn a lot. I thought I was helping by adding this good organic matter, but I wasn't. Um, So I definitely learned in 2023 that things really have to be broken down before you add them to your soil. So... Production in the garden really wasn't good except for the greens, like I said. Um, I even had trouble growing dill and cilantro when in 2022, that grew like weeds. But this year, it didn't. Like To make my salsa, I had to buy cilantro from the store, and that really pissed me off. I had so much dill in 2022, but in 2023, I didn't. And it also just tasted funny. And I'm assuming that is because of the nutrient availability and the pH of my soil. I really didn't have much root veggie production either. It was just, it wasn't, wasn't a good year really for anything except greens. Thankfully though, we love greens. And so it was a success to be able to grow them throughout the year and the summertime. Um, so I'm just hoping that with the amendments that we're doing for 2024, we can really fix a lot of the problems that we had. Um, and then another thing that I remembered, ugh, this was disgusting. Um, this was probably summertime of 2023. Um, we have rain barrels by, that uh, take the water from our barn. And that is the rain or the water that we use to water our garden with we don't have running water out where our garden is and so midway through the summer uh, when we had like we were going through like a terrible drought time i had to fill up our rain barrels with water from our well and so the water in the rain barrels it just smelled really terrible and so for a while i was thinking it was because i was using our well water that has lots of iron it's very hard water and It still smelled even after it rained a ton. And so I discovered that, yeah, you have to clean your rain barrels. You actually, to be truly safe with them, you should be bleaching and sanitizing the water that is in your rain barrels. So I learned a big lesson in the hot, hot months of July. (laughs) Um, I literally had to take apart our rain barrel system, I had to spray out and bleach the insides of our rain barrels. And it was disgusting the shit that was growing in the rain barrels and it just gave me the heebie-jeebies and so now I know (laughs) that you should start off your season with fresh rain barrels and so I definitely will be doing that probably sometime in the spring I'll start off the season with fresh clean rain barrels and then I will routinely be bleaching the water um, with bleach to keep it safe uh, what I learned last summer is that you do about one ounce of bleach per 50-gallon rain barrel, and that is enough to kill off any nasties, without being like too harsh to burn your plants or to you know be bad for human consumption. So I learned a lot in 2023. Um, as I said at the beginning, my good column is longer than my bad column, but the things that were bad on my bad column were pretty darn bad. Like the fact that we got terrible cucumbers, terrible tomatoes, terrible peppers, terrible beans. That was a real downer. And um, I was really frustrated with my garden in 2023. So I'm hoping that 2024 is the year of the garden and that we can succeed there. So after the break, I'm going to get into my plan for 2024 in the garden specifically. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Beauty Counter, the non-toxic but still luxurious and effective skincare and makeup brand that I've been using since 2020. What I love about Beauty Counter is that they're the perfect blend of performance and safety. By combining powerful, all-natural botanicals with high-performing, synthetic, but also safe and tested ingredients, you get the best of both worlds. Products that make you feel good about what you're putting on your skin, But also products that don't make you feel too crunchy. You know what I mean. As a company, Beauty Counter also fights for stricter regulations in the beauty industry regarding ingredient testing and safety. On top of that, their products are so effective, meaning that a little bit goes a long way and you can feel good about buying quality over quantity. Finally, by shopping with a consultant, you get the chance to try things before purchasing and you get personalized recommendations based off of your specific skin type and product preferences. Click the link in the show notes to shop with me or send me a message on Instagram or email me for samples. Okay, so the 2024 garden plan. I did mention some of these things a little bit last week when I was going through my overarching goals for 2024. Um, but before I want to get in, before I get into my plan for this year, I want to like remind you of how I got to um, this you know realization that in my life the facets that needed the most work for me specifically were the homestead because we needed to produce more food, fun and also the home life that I have here. So the garden planner and homestead planner that I created, um, it's been evolving as I created it, or like since I created it in summer of 2023. Um, this year, uh, definitely during winter, I will be releasing the new version of my planner. It will be called the Grow and Flourish Planner based off of the assessment that I created at the beginning of it. And so this assessment, it has you go through eight facets of, of your life, and you figure out which facets need the most help. For me, the lowest ranking thing was fun, actually. (laughs) Um, My husband and I... We love the things that we do here in our homestead, and we love spending time on our homestead. But the reality is we don't have, like, any specific time for fun, or, like, we rarely make time for that. And so that's one thing that I want to work on. But anyways, I talked more about that last week, so you can listen to that episode. But one of the other big facets of my homestead life that was lacking was, well, the homestead, the farm part. Because I really was just so unhappy with the food production that we had. And so that is why I'm doing a specific episode about it today. So, as I mentioned, we had super, super high pH in our soil. My garden is set up. um, It's 200 square feet. It's 20 by 20. Um, I have two raised beds in the center of my garden. And on the outside edges, I have in-ground beds. That is typically where I have grown um, larger root vegetables, my tomatoes, my peppers, cabbages, and things like that. And so I will continue with that this year. I know that ideally... Um, I would be doing crop rotation and all of that stuff. But when you are constrained to a small, quote unquote, space, um, you kind of have to do what you have to do. And like, I really do not have a lot of space to move things around. The other reason is not just because of space, but it's also because of light. Um, The place that my garden is located in our property Uh, it's not ideal. um, I'll be honest. Um, Even though we do live on seven acres, most of our property is wooded. Obviously, you can't grow a garden in the woods. And so the remaining one acre of land that we have, that consists of our house. And it also consists of a quarter acre space of wildflowers that we planted for our honeybees. So we really only have like half-ish acre of open space, and it's also very, very long and skinny, that portion. And so the layout is just not really the most conducive to having a garden, unless I wanted to put the garden right in front of my front door, which I just don't want to. So anyways, sun in our garden, it's kind of a pain. Now, what I want to do in 2024, though, is to try and view my, um, my sun how do I want to put this, like my sun constraints, I want to try to think of those as good things. And the reason is here, because we prefer the cool weather crops, like the greens. Those are the things that we want all times of year. And so what I'm hoping to do in 2024 is to use the shadier parts of my bed to grow cool weather things throughout the summer. So That's my plan there, at least in terms of sunlight. But back to the pH issue. We are amending our soil with prilled sulfur. Um, I did have to do some research on this because after I did my soil test uh, during summer of 2023, I thought I had amended my soil enough. But turns out the amendment that I was using, it didn't actually have the amount of sulfur that I thought it did. And so I did some research and I found almost like 100% sulfur. And so I have that ready to go. I've already started amending some of my soil, but I need to continue with that. And so hopefully with the amounts that I am applying now, I will actually be able to change our pH and make it lower where it should be. The other thing that I want to do in 2024 is I wanna get on a schedule of fertilizing. Um, I know that some of you out there, you might thinking, well, you shouldn't have to fertilize, but you know what? If you are battling soil that doesn't have a lot of nutrient availability, which although my soil this year should be better than last year, it still needs to get better. So if I use organic fertilizers on a routine schedule, I will at least be able to get production out of my garden and just feel better about myself. So just like I was on a good habit, a good routine of spring for BT, for my cabbage moths and things like that, I want to get on a true schedule of fertilizing in 2024. Um, The other thing that I want to do in regards to soil health is i want to try getting back into raised bed irrigation um i'm hoping well i should once i get this uh this setup figured out in spring i will do a whole podcast episode about it but right now i do have some ideas and so the reason that is this is very important is because where our garden is located again i have some raised beds and some in-ground beds what i discovered is that my in-ground beds they really do not need much water except for like the super, super hot, dry points of summer. But my raised beds, oh boy, do they need water. Um, I was more lazy about watering this year and because of that, my raised beds, they kind of just turned into concrete. (laughs) And although my, well, no, my plants really didn't grow well. (laughs) Um, But even if I did have a bare spot in my soil in the raised beds, I thought, well, it doesn't need to be watered because there's nothing growing there. Well, the problem is though, that section turned into concrete, like I said, and what happens is no worms and good things can be living in that dry part of the soil. And so what I would like to do is I would try to, I want to try to get back into auto irrigation for just my raised beds. The idea that I want to explore is using a hose above my raised bed that will have holes in it that will just sprinkle only the raised bed portion. So I don't have all of the details figured out. Again, I'm hoping that in the spring I can do a podcast episode all about that if it works out, but at least that's my plan right now. Um, Some things that I want to continue are the beneficial nematodes and the bt spray i talked about those before but the beneficial nematodes um those really worked wonders for our flea beetles um i did a spring application last year and i will do that again i think our soil temperature needs to be like at least 42 degrees so i think that'll be sometime in april And then I want to do a later application in the summer. Um, I'll have to check back on my notes, but I think I did it in July of last year, and I want to do it a little bit sooner um, in June, I think, in 2024. So that's one thing that I want to continue. Um, And another thing is the way that I was seed starting. And I swear, that is a big thing, a big plus that happened in 2023. Um, I... You know, I figured out the way that is best for me to start seeds. So in 2022, I went into the beginning of the year uh, trying to grow all of my own food. And I went into it kind of haphazardly. I decided to grow everything direct seeded and it worked out okay. But then by the end of the year, I wanted to start getting into starting my own seeds. But I probably shouldn't have bitten off all of that Uh, for one year, because I tried growing or starting seeds in toilet paper tubes. I started all of these other ways. I didn't have good grow lights, and it really doesn't work. Um, So at the end of 2022, I bought my first aero gardens, and these are hydroponic indoor growing systems. And I have done a specific podcast episode all about them, Um, but in 2024, I am definitely going to be using them again because they make starting seeds so simple. It's not messy. You can get it done so quickly. And yes, there is definitely an investment in getting the Aero Gardens and using the pods and all of that, but for me, it made my seed starting in 2023 go so, so well And then the other thing that was fantastic is that by the end of 2023, I discovered that for my cool weather crops that are more quickly maturing, I don't even need to pot them up. I was able to harden off my plants outside in the garden as it was growing hydroponically, and I was able to put them right into my garden, and there was really like no transplant shock. So I am very, very impressed with that, and so I want to continue this method of seed starting in 2024 but I will say warm weather crops so like my peppers and tomatoes and basil um, those will need to be potted up just because they do live inside for so long but those cool weather things that you know I really just need to get them started in here and then they can go outside relatively quickly I don't have to pot them up and so that is a huge like amazing thing that I learned Another thing that I learned in 2023 too about potting up and seed starting is that you can make pots out of paper super, super easy and they decompose very, very well in soil. Um, What I use for this is the inside of my chicken feed bags, actually. Um, I use Grubly Farms Feed, and they come in bags that are made of paper, and they're three layers thick. The outside layer is printed, and so I recycle that. Then the inside two layers are just brown craft paper, no ink or anything. And so all I do is I wrap that around a mason jar, and I scrunch in the ends, and you can make a pot that is made out of paper. And so that is what I will put my peppers and tomatoes and basil in again this year. And then I don't have any pots to deal with. I can just plant it directly into the soil in my in-ground beds. And then by the end of the season, even mid-season, that paper is totally decomposed and my roots are growing and they're happy. So I am definitely going to continue my same method of seed starting this year. Now, actually, talking about this, I did remember something that will be new for 2024. And that is the way that I'm going to be doing onions. So in 2023, I wanted to try growing onions. I did not have good success in 2022 at all. I chose a long day variety of onions um, because here at my latitude in Ohio, we are like right on the edge of being a long day or an intermediate day onion. So in 2022, I chose long day. I never got any bulbs. It did not work out well at all. And so in 2023, I chose to do intermediate. Now I, did not want to use up all of the arrow Gardens for just onions because that would not have worked out well. <laughs> I don't have that many arrow Gardens. Um, so I decided to try direct sowing my onion seeds, and it didn't work. <laughs> Everything that I read said that it probably wasn't going to work, and it didn't. So I should have known better. Um, so this year, I am going to start my onions inside. Now, I am not using my arrow Gardens, though. Uh, what I found on johnny's website or no i'm sorry true leaf market what i found there are some special like growing pods that all you have to do is you add water to them and they rehydrate and they puff up it's kind of like that instant soil sort of a thing but what's cool about these is that they are contained in this like biocellulose little like wrapper that will eventually break down but because of that i don't have to deal with pots I don't have to deal with seed starting trays or seed starting mix because I am just not that kind of gardener. I'm not. I want it to be clean. I don't want to mess up my nails and I don't want to mix up a big batch of seed starting mix in my kitchen. It's just not my favorite thing to do. So I'm hoping that these little like instant like potting mix little, I don't know, pucks, Will work out well for the onions so i have all of that stuff ready to go and i think according to my garden plan i'll be starting those in february so anyways those are the ways that i will be starting seeds and transplanting things in 2024. um the other let's see the other things here that i want to talk about um some things that i'm going to experiment with in 2024 are flowers around the garden Last year, the exterior portion of my garden that is not fenced in, that's where I tried growing those onions, and as I said, it didn't work. So this year, I want to try growing some more flowers, um, just mainly because I want them to be pretty and to bring them inside, but also so they can hopefully draw some more beneficial insects to my garden. So I'm going to be experimenting with zinnias, with sunflowers, with bachelor buttons, with cosmos things like that. They should, in theory, draw in um, more beneficial insects. And who knows? Maybe they'll take care of my aphids. Who knows? In terms of the uh, the pest problems, as I said, I'm going to continue with the beneficial nematodes. I'm going to continue with the BT spray for cabbage moths. But then this year, I'm going to start off spring ready to go with that slug bait. Like Essentially, I'm going to apply the slug bait, probably even before I get my transplants in there and then I'm gonna keep applying it Um, because the good thing about this slug bait is that it's a natural compound and when it breaks down it actually is good for your soil so I don't feel bad about applying too much of it. I'm also gonna try cucumber beetle traps for my cucumbers. I don't know we'll see I've heard that cucumber beetles are a pain in the ass so, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then for aphids, I might try insecticidal soap in the fall. And then, really, the last thing that I want to talk about for 2024 is the way that I'm going to be preserving things. So, none of these methods are new for me, but as I said in the beginning of the podcast, I discovered my preferred ways to preserve things. So, in terms of canning, I will continue to can jam, And I will continue to can pizza sauce. Hopefully this year I can actually make enough pizza sauce to last us a whole year, but who knows. Um, And in terms of salsa, so last year I talked about this, that I honestly, I don't really like the taste of jarred salsa um, or like canned salsa. I tried that in 2022 and honestly I followed the directions or the recipe specifically because that's what you're supposed to do with water bath canning. And I honestly thought it just tasted like cheap salsa from the grocery store. I really wasn't that impressed. And so this year, I'm going to be a little bit more brave with my salsa canning. Um, Because in theory, water bath canning, it's all about the acidity or the sweetness of the thing you're canning. Salsa, I like it tangy. So in theory as long as i have enough lime juice in there it should be just fine and that ph should be okay so i'm gonna get just a bit more daring i guess you can say with my salsa canning in terms of freezing i have discovered that green beans honestly they do pretty darn well with freezing i'm very very impressed now Were they our green beans that I froze in 2023? No, they weren't. I bought a big bulk box from a nearby farm and I froze those as an experiment and they turned out great. I'm assuming the peas will be the same way. So those are two things that I want to freeze in mass quantities in 2024. Now, I mentioned the herbs. Some of them I like to dry, some of them I like to freeze. The ones that I have found that do so well with freezing dill cilantro and parsley now obviously it's not going to be the same as if it's fresh but especially with dill and parsley all i do is i just shove it i wash it then i dry it off as much as i can and i shove it into a freezer bag i squeeze out as much air as i can roll it up and put it in the freezer that's it and then whenever you need to use it all you have to do is pull that chunk out of the bag chop off what you need And I swear to you that it tastes the same as fresh. It doesn't exactly have the same texture, but it is very, very close, like really not that noticeable. And cilantro is the same way too. And so cilantro, because that is better in cool weather, that's one of those things that I will have to grow a ton of at the beginning of the season, save it in the freezer until I am ready to can salsa. And then in terms of herbs, I'm going to continue drying the same ones that I did this past year, which were rosemary, sage, thyme, oregano, marjoram. Um, I think that's about it. So those did great, dried, and I am definitely using those up a lot. So uh, that was a big episode. (laughs) Um, Those are my plans for 2024. There's a lot. And then the crazy thing is that, like, it's all starting really soon. Um, I was doing a lot of garden planning um, this past weekend, and I found a great new program online that helps do like all of the math and the date figuring for you. I will be talking about that next week. I'll be doing a recap of my January favorites, and so I'll be mentioning this this program more specifically, but if you want to look it up on your own, it is called Seed Time. And I'm very, very impressed with it. And the cool thing is that the calendar function of it, it's free. So, um, yeah, 2024 season is going to be starting before we know it. Because I was looking at my notes from last year, and believe it or not, in 2023, in February, I was already laying down wood chips for the garden. That way I can get started in the end of February and beginning of March. So, Things are going to be happening fast. It's going to be one of the best times of year because spring, you know, the bugs haven't come yet. The sun is coming back out. It's getting warmer. There's plenty of moisture. The sunlight, again, it's coming. Things are growing. And the garden is relatively easy at that time. So that's the best time. So anyways. I am excited. I hope you are too. And I hope this episode was helpful. So again, I will talk to you next week and I will be sharing my favorites from the month of January. Thanks for listening to the Girly Homesteader podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to leave a rating and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. I'll talk to you next week, but until then, I hope you grow and flourish in all the ways that make you, you.